Hi everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Yitz Epstein. I am a narcissistic abuse life coach. We have such an exciting show today. I am joined by Shay Robottom. Shay came on a couple years back. We worked together and she is back for another fantastic episode. If you don't know who Shay is, she is a businesswoman with over 600,000 followers on LinkedIn where she specializes in teaching business owners how to create video content on social media to generate more business, break through shame, and gain more confidence being themselves on camera. She herself has been on her own healing journey to overcome depression and toxic shame and puts a heavy emphasis on these topics as they relate to marketing in the modern social media-driven world. She has her own podcast, The Shea Robottom Show, which was inspired by this one, where she discusses her journey to healing from traumatic and an abusive childhood and past. I highly suggest you check out that podcast if you haven't already. Shay, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me. I won't lie, you know, um, I don't know if your audience knows the whole story of how we met. I think we've told it before, but I actually found Yitz's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, years ago. And um, I was going through a really, really hard time uh, breaking up with a narcissistic ex and his podcast just like gave me life every day as I was healing and mourning, I would like turn it on. And I haven't listened to it in a while, I won't lie. I was just telling Yitz offline before we recorded, like it's been a while since I listened to your show, but I went through a phase where I just like binged it and it helped me so much. And it's funny because now I'm here and we're doing this interview and I hear your little intro of like, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. And I'm like, oh God, the memories <laughs> like like of all the times when like those that your voice and just your teachings it, it really did um help me through some really hard times so I'm just having a little bit of nostalgia over here thinking about how grateful I am for you for starting this show and how many lives you've touched mine included and uh, let's catch up my guy it's been too long so yeah, how are you good I'm fantastic. how's your shade yeah. <laughs> it's it's being worked through every day all the time yeah but, um, and, and that's why I love sort of what, you know, what you do, because I think that the way I see it is that the, the, the shame, first of all, when you don't talk about shame, it creates more shame. And, and as you know, and then that self-talk, and I would say that shame is one of the biggest barriers between someone who's unsuccessful and their success. So let's talk about shame. Let's talk about what shame is, how it affects you. And man, there's so much to talk about, but I want to get your thoughts on how do you yeah. start dealing with shame? <laughs> Well, you know, it's really something that people don't have much awareness of yet. Yet, I mean, uh, even I, even I, when I started listening to your podcast, what that would have been almost two years ago now. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yes. yes. Like right now, like yeah. this. I think it was the end of August, twenty nineteen, is when right. I found your show. Exactly. So like, yeah. But you know, um, people don't realize that their problem is shame, you know, especially in this world of digital marketing. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who make a lot of money, who have really big egos. And, you know, sometimes I go in, I talk about shame and I'll say, even just the word shame, I'll be like, well, you know, I'm working through shame and this is like shame. And the irony is they'll kind of like shame it. They'll like make fun of it. Like, Ooh, shame. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh dude, you have some unresolved shame because like, (laughs) People, people don't think that they are shame-based and, and that's the very thing that's destroying them. They have no idea how much shame that they're carrying. And it's just what you said. 
Um, you need to first become aware of it, start talking about it to release it. But I think the problem is people don't even know that they have it. They don't even know that that's the thing really weighing them down is um, underneath it all. They feel shameful. You know, they yeah. feel, as I always say from John Bradshaw, it's like they feel flawed and defective as a human being. And that's their baseline. That's their core belief is I'm flawed and I'm defective as a human being. And your followers know, you know, I mean, if they've been following you and listening to this, um, these teachings, they know that um, that gets locked in, in, in childhood, you know, that belief gets locked in, in childhood and you have to create a false self in order to survive. Like I did, like you did, like a lot of these entrepreneurs did. So the funny thing is, you know, I go out into work and I go out in the world and, and I'm very balanced. You know, I'm not all like woo woo. And like, I just want to be a hippie under a tree. Like I'm, a, I'm a businesswoman at the end of the day. I do play with the ego quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's really what I found is a lot of these entrepreneurs with really big egos, they have a lot more shame. And I have your thoughts on this because I always, I, what I've been saying is like the bigger the ego, the bigger the shame. Yes. And, um, that's what people don't realize. They're always like, Oh, I would trade places with these, with these gurus, with these entrepreneurs yeah. in an instant. Like I would totally trade places with them. And it's like, yeah, you don't see the other side that like they, a part of them actually hates themselves. Yeah. And that's why they're doing all of this to compensate. And I would say my own personal awareness around that for my own life didn't actually happen until it was already there until I'd already created the following, created the, the, the brand, the, the image, the Shea Robotum. And then, you know, you kind of wake up and realize like, oh gosh, why am I still struggling with um, this self-sabotage? Why am I still dating these guys who treat me like crap? Why am I still overeating or smoking too much? Like dealing with these addictions, like what's really going on here? What I found underneath it all was just like um, a great inability to sit with myself because of how deeply ashamed I actually felt of just my own being and my own existence. So um, it's tough. It's a, it's a hard, hard pill to swallow, but I'm grateful for it because it's going to ultimately give me the liberation that I've been looking for and that I've been using business and followers and attention and all these things to try to soothe um, and getting to the root of your toxic shame and like learning to deal with it yourself is ultimately what's going to bring people that liberation, that feeling that they're looking for. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You know, shame is interesting. It's such a, a funny concept because I would argue that most people's success, okay, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I, I would argue it, even if I don't know that most people's success is a motivation to fill a void of not being enough which essentially is shame, right? So mm -hmm. even myself, like I talk about shame and I talk about ways to get out of it, but I'm not quite sure I have fully yet because it keeps showing up in different ways. And one of the ways I wanna to talk to you specifically about it because I listened to your comeback episode, which was awesome. And that was like, wow, because what you were talking about was these spiritual narcissists. And what blows my mind is that that has got to be the most incredible way of hiding toxic shame is to be a spiritual narcissist. So I just want you to talk about what, what does that mean? How does that work? And what are your experiences with spiritual narcissism? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, like the first thing that people need to realize is like every single person in your life that you attract, it's not a coincidence, you know, like it's not like we attract what we are we attract what we are mirroring out into the world. And um, 
you know, that, that was a hard lesson for me because I, you know, again and again and again was just attracting very, very narcissistic people. Um, so why is that, you know, what's, what's really going on here? And it is directly related to the fact that I grew up with narcissists, my parents, which I also talked about on my show in the first eight episodes, I tell my story in order. Um, yeah, like, so, uh, it's easy to fall in the trap of just, woe is me. And I'm a victim and, oh, you know, uh, men, all men are trash. You hear women say that like, all men are trash. It's like, no, you're trash. Like you keep attracting trash. You've got some serious baggage you need to work out. That's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's giving you the energy of trash. You're radiating that out in the world and that's what's coming to you. So, um, it took a long time for me to develop mindset for me to take responsibility for the, uh, abuse that I was attracting in my life. Um, but I definitely started to pick, pick up a pattern. And what's really funny <laughs> is, um, when I met you, I was, um, in the process of uh, getting out of a relationship with an, with a narcissist. It was an ugly breakup. I, I wouldn't really even call him a narcissist. I, I would say it's what you call on your show. Um, borderline, yeah. borderline narcissism, you know, like I, I do actually, think, uh, he has the capacity to look at himself to some degree. Um, and I've actually recently reconnected with him, which I'd love to tell wow. you about. We could talk about on this show. Yeah. Yeah. I, re I reached out to him and, 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 uh, we had a, a good, a good catch up. Um, but he was intellectual. He yeah. was an incredibly intelligent man, incredibly intelligent. I remember when I found your show, you reminded me of him just like, um, the, the way that you're just so good with the way you teach and the way that you can intellectualize everything. And it was so beautiful. Yeah. The, the, the danger in having that ability is, um, you can easily manipulate people. You yeah. know, I always say like intellectual narcissists, like what they, what they're doing is like, they're proving to you how smart they are. And 80% of the time, like you talk about, they really are right. You know, 80% of the time he really was genuinely like, oh crap, I'm so glad I have this guy. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad I have this guy on my side. He's so smart. He makes the best decisions, blah, blah, blah. The problem is then 20% of the time they take that trust and that authority they've built and they use their intellect, um, to manipulate and to just, you know, feed, feed the, themselves. Um, and, uh, that was what I was, I was dealing with. And your show helped me to like, realize like, oh my gosh, like this is like intellectual narcissism. Like he just has a fancy way of like always, you know, manipulating the situation and getting his way now borderline, I'd say is like where, um, they actually can look at themselves. And I remember when we were breaking up, um, even though it was very traumatic and it was very hurtful and, you know, he was just, you know, very immature, very classic, like narcissist, like trying to fucking hurt me at the end. Or I remember him saying like, oh, uh, I am a narcissist. And I think, you know, once you get to the level of being able to admit that you're a narcissist, first of all, or narcissistic, um, you really by definition can't be a narcissist. So that right there showed me, okay, he does have the capacity to look at himself. There's just a lot of toxic shame and a lot of things he's not ready for. And then I recently reconnected with him and um, yeah, he apologized, you know, he like owned up to everything. Wow. It was really, it was really beautiful seeing him again after years of the breakup and, and um, yeah, just to really like forgive and just let go and just be like, okay, yes, he was narcissistic, but also, as I mentioned, 
why did I attract him? You know, why did I attract him? And also getting to own my own narcissism, how I was narcissistic, how I was also manipulating him. And there was certain things that I was um, doing just for my own selfish gain. And I think that was the point I had to get to and accepting that about myself before I could forgive him. Cause I realized, well, he is me and we're actually not that different. We're just some wounded children who got together young and hadn't worked through our own um, insecurities and our own baggage. And Hey, we just started projecting that onto one another relationships so often do. But what I want to say is um, he was like an intellectual narcissist. Okay. And you have an episode about how that's like the most dangerous type of narcissist. I actually have <laughs> a new, t a new, a new type that I think is more dangerous than the intellectual. And that is the spiritual narcissist. <laughs> that is the spiritual narcissist, which I, I thought I was done with my studies on narcissism until the next guy, the next guy that I uh, am no longer involved with. But um, yeah, uh, long story short, when I got out of um, that situation with my ex, the one who was more intellectually narcissistic, I met a healer who was in the spiritual community who was like, you know, I'll help you heal. And I hired him and um, it was great. You know, it was great. He made me feel safe right away. There was um, uh, no comparing him to my ex for sure. You know, it was like night and day. My ex never validated me, never wanted me to feel powerful, never wanted me to feel good, you know, projecting all his shame onto me. So I was just shamed a lot in that relationship to go back to meeting this healer who would really become an idol in my eyes because he was giving me all of those things. He was giving me validation. He was helping me heal. He was lifting me up. You know, um, I really, I really fell in love. And then what happened was, uh, some months down the line, it wasn't like right away. So I would, you know, argue there was somewhat of a gray area. I wasn't paying him anymore at this point, but yeah, we got involved romantically and, um, yeah, it took me, oh gosh, like almost a year to really figure out like that is just another form of narcissism. Yeah. And as soon as you think, oh, I'm done attracting narcissists, I'm done attracting um, people who are manipulative. Look, I've healed. I'm out. I'm with this guy who's validating me and, and he's so spiritual and he's teaching me all these higher truths. Also can be a form of manipulation <laughs> and also can be a form of covering up their toxic shame, you know? And um, it was a really hard pill to swallow. It was a really hard pill to swallow to realize like, wait a minute, you know, this guy is not what I thought he was. And the reason that I worshiped him so much and was able to be, um, you know, so enthralled by him and in, in his web is because any woman in my situation would have, right. right? I mean, I, I went to him in a vulnerable state. I just had my heart broken. I needed healing. He really did know a lot about spirituality and how to heal and, um, was just very deeply involved in the spiritual community. And I think when someone is so deeply involved in the spiritual community and they're constantly sharing these higher truths, you know, it can be hard to see how that is also toxic, yeah. but long story, it was, and, um, I, I, I realized it, I got out and, and again, you know, took my power back and just basically realized like, holy crap, I think that God sent me that experience so that I could on my own journey to become a healer, learn about 
this dark side of the healing and the spiritual community that is people go in and they're ready to heal, right? They're raw, they're vulnerable, they're ripped wide open. And therefore they are very likely to be abused again because they're going to healers in that very vulnerable state. It's like, yes, I want to encourage everyone who's there to go heal and to find spiritual teachers or practices that will help them get through that, but also be mindful. It's like you're in a fragile state. So people can really hook you and, and just also like abuse you further. And that's basically what I realized had happened. And that's also how a lot of cults happen. You know, wow. people don't, don't, they don't understand cults. They're like, I'm getting a cult. I don't get it. It's like, because the cult is actually providing them value in the beginning. Yes. The cult is, is actually healing. doing something. 100%. Yeah. It's healing. It's like, of, of course, no one goes into a cult and is like, look at this abuse, sign me up. It's like, that's not how it starts. It starts. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, like this has changed my life. They're teaching me this. And Oh my, I want to go further into this community. This seems like the answer. And, um, it's slowly over time. They, they get, they get sucked in. They don't realize um, that they've lost themselves to this cult. And that's, really what I found a lot of people are doing with the spiritual community. Now, all that being said, are there great things about the spiritual community? Should you dabble? Should you, you know, stick your foot in? Absolutely. You know, nothing is black or white. It's always a, and, you know, the spiritual community is great for healing and you all they're in a vulnerable state, you're very likely to also be abused again. So watch out. Not everyone in the spiritual community is enlightened. In fact, most of them aren't, let me tell you. So um, it's just always a, a, an and, you know, you, you can go um, do a plant medicine ceremony with a trained shaman, have an incredible breakthrough experience. And you can also get sucked into plant medicines, become addicted to them and have, and, and basically just go down a whole nother cycle of um, escapism through the very medicine that I personally feel saved my life, changed my life. So there's always two perspectives. There's always an and, and um, I think for the past year, two years, you know, since I've been on my healing journey after meeting you, Yitz, um, I was a little bit sucked in to the spiritual community. I got sucked in, in like a culty way. And now I'm just coming out of that and I'm realizing the and is, oh crap. And you could also lose yourself in the spiritual community, Shay. And there are narcissists in the spiritual community, Shay. And it is in many ways like a cult if, you know, if you're not careful. So um, for anyone listening, you know, who's looking to get involved, who's looking to dabble, I say, go for it. You know, not, nothing is off the table. The spiritual community certainly changed my life, helped me a ton and there's still a lot of darkness there. You got to be careful for, and there are people who will use spiritual, uh, uh, spirituality and their authority as a spiritual teacher and a healer, um, to manipulate women and to manipulate people in general who come to them in that vulnerable state. So just be mindful of that. I, I won't get too into the details. I haven't really shared this part of my story yet. It's fairly new and I'm still processing it, but, um, long story short, I thought, intellectual narcissism was like the peak. And I learned that there is another level. <laughs> There's another level to narcissism, which is spiritual narcissism. And last thing I'll say, rant over is like, you know what I think it was really showing me, Yitz? What's that? It was showing me what not to do with my powers as I in my own role as a healer in this community. 100%. Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, thank you. That was amazing. Uh, I think you explained it so perfectly well. I, I try to explain that in my podcast at times. Um, you think I explained it well? 
Oh my gosh. It's like, it's so, it means so much to me when Yitz says that I explained it well. I'm like, dude, like you're the expert. So if I did it well, that's, that strokes my ego. Thank yeah, you. No, you definitely did. And thank you for that, for that compliment. But you know, like anything in moderation and of course, everything that's good can be bad if it's not enough or too much, but also the way I see it and kind of just to continue that, uh, based on what you were saying, is like, is like, I'm very passionate about people being their own healers. So anytime you outsource your healing in any capacity, especially in the spiritual community, what you're saying is, is that I'm codependent on them to heal. And it's very disempowering. And somebody who is shame-based will be already disempowered. And then they'll feel empowered by the spiritual narcissist who makes them feel better. And that's why I do believe that, yes, other people are healers. I consider myself a healer, but the way I see it is that I don't want you to need me. I don't want you to listen to my podcast after you're done healing. I mean, of course you can, and I'd love to, yeah, I love giving insights and obviously there's more to learn, but in essence, once you understand healing and what it means, and you gather that self-acceptance, self-love and self-awareness, go live your dream, go live your life. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, so much. So I feel personally attacked by that oh, statement. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm joking. joking. No, because it's true. It's, it's, you're hundred percent right. Become your own healer. That's the goal. Right. And, um, I think that's where a lot of these healers take advantage of their situation. They, uh, should know better that that's ultimate goal is get this person independent get right. this person to the point where they can do their own healing um but for a time they might be a little dependent on you and that's okay too i mean especially if you're really shattered if you just come out of some serious trauma like that's that's where the position of being a healer is really sacred you know it's it's about doing the work of god you know it's about servicing someone selflessly and that's what happened with this man i was involved in i see now like the hindsight's always 2020. 20. So now that I'm out of it, I see so much of how it was toxic, so much of how like he always had to point out how um, he took credit for my healing. Oh yeah. And now I see that as like a big red flag. Like, wait a minute, why were you always like pointing out how like you were the one to heal me and like you were the one to get me to this point? It's like, that is narcissism. That is like exactly what my ex did with the business. It's like, we're only successful because of me, Shay, and it's my success. And like, you're lucky that I've made you. It's like, they just want to, for everything right all the way down to my family who are narcissistic and like you know when i came forward with my story about how i was abused um they now now they're all coming out and saying that i'm making up the story so that i can make money i'm like oh that's hilarious like i've gone my whole life um not my whole life but i've many many years now been an entrepreneur in digital marketing making money on my own having a lot of success and they never once congratulated me or like you know said anything about my money um and then as soon as i come forward with a story about them it's like they're like oh good now we have an excuse to make it a us and to say she's only successful she's only making money because she's exploiting the family it's like dude so that was red flag number one i'm realizing now like he was always taking credit for my healing if you step into a role as a healer, understand like you take no credit, you take no blame. Right. You allow yourself to be a channel for the work of the divine, for the work of God. And it is a very um, position to be in. And if you yourself are going through some darkness and you're having your own toxic shame come up and you're realizing you're getting triggered and all your insecurities are servicing, 
take a step back. You know, don't take on clients that week. Be aware of when you, the healer, need a break because you're in that in that scary territory of starting to cross over to exploit your clients and project back onto them. And I think that you do that so well, Yitz. I think you really balance like your own healing with um, the work that you're doing for your clients. And you're just such a you're a top of the line, top of the line healer, this guy that I've met, like, seriously, thank you. Just to tell, to continue what you're saying, first of all, thank you for the compliment, but I want to know, yes. how do you, how do you, in essence, um, become a healer where you are not hurting your patients, if in fact, or clients, if you oh, are right. back wounded, if you have some, you know, first of all, again, thank you for the compliment. I do take pride in that because in essence, I have wounds too. When somebody shows up for healing, I have my wounds and I have my struggles, my traumas. I am actually healing with them. I'm not their healer because I'm, yes. so I guess my question to you is, is how would you suggest somebody be a healer and be somewhat of influence and power yet not lose themselves and not become arrogant? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm still figuring it out. You know, I don't even really consider myself a healer, even though people call me that all the time, just for the work that I do on, vi- on video. Video, I think is very, very healing for people to break through their toxic shame. No one likes seeing themselves on camera starting out, you know, and that's all it is, is shame. Um, but I, w- I would say just like, be very mindful that if you come from um, a traumatic past, which you probably do, if you want to be a healer, that's like why everyone gets into this position. Just be mindful of, um, the reality that when you were a child, you probably experienced a great feeling of powerlessness, yes. powerlessness. And, and the things that we seek the most in adulthood are things we were deprived of the most in childhood. So I'll even like speak for myself. Like I well, power is one of them for sure, but, um, attention, like I love attention. You know, I, that's why I do marketing. I teach people how to get attention now. Like that's, that's my jam. I love getting attention. Why? Because as a child, that's the thing I was deprived of was attention. I wasn't getting um, the proper attention. So for healers, a lot of times it's power. You know, something happened to them in their childhood where they felt powerless. They were abused. They were molested. They were um, verbally mistreated. They were bullied and they, and they felt like, you know, I'm without power. So being very mindful when you step into healing, and especially when you become your own healer, or I'm, I'm sorry, a healer for others, is you might get a little drunk on power. And, and you need to be very careful about that. You need to be very mindful of, oh my gosh, you know, the thing I was deprived of in childhood is power. Now I'm in this position where people are coming to me for healing. I'm the authority. I have power over them. Let me not like get, get, get swept away on this power ship and, and basically just sucked up like a, like bug. And that's what I feel like happened with this guy, with this spiritual narcissist. It's like, I, I don't think he got into healing with the intent, like, Oh, I'm going to take advantage of my position and, and abuse women. I think he ever once had that thought in his head. I think he genuinely was like, I'm interested in healing. I want to learn more about this, but uh, somewhere along the way, you know, his subconscious kind of took over and he got a little drunk on the power. He got drunk on the power of helping women and how much women were able to be influenced by him that, um, you know, it, it crossed over, it became sexual and it's like, whoa. And, and this is a, this is a common thing with guys in the spiritual community. You know, you got, got to be careful. So I would just say for anyone listening, check your own power, 
because it is a drug, yes. right? That is a powerful, powerful drug. That's why people get a, the cocaine and Adderall and all of these, uh, these amphetamines. That's what they, they give you. They give you power. They make you feel so, so powerful. Um, so when I catch myself in those states, which I certainly also get in, like, you know, let's be real. I do have an ego. I get a little like, ah, look how powerful I am. And can't imagine it. I'm all, uh, no, no, but seriously, I'm always like checking myself because I know now through all the patterns I've had in my life that like, that's going to come with a crash. Right. That's going to come with a bad crash where I'm either going to crash and burn and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not powerful at all. What was I thinking? Or I'm going to abuse someone. And then I'm going to have even more toxic guilt and shame for having abused. So like, just be mindful, just be mindful. Just check your power. It's, there's a difference between feeling like, wow, I'm loving the work that I'm doing. I love that I can um, be in service to these people and help them heal. But, you know, there's a fine line that you could cross over before just getting drunk on the power and getting carried away. And it is a drug. I'm telling you, for those like me and like Yitz who who have toxic shame, who've grown up with it, um, that power is a drug. And I think that's where we see... Um, a lot of these really successful entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of these, why, why are they so successful? Why do they have millions of followers? Why are they always, um, you know, making millions? Why do they have these jets? Why do they have that? It's actually because they got drunk on power and they just didn't stop. Didn't and stop. maybe they, yeah, they didn't stop and, and maybe they didn't crash and burn yet. And I'm not saying all successful, like I do think it's possible to live an abundant life of wealth and success and, you know, even throw a little ego in there and whatever, and, and be also still fairly grounded in reality. And, and there are, you know, gurus and business people out there that are a great example of that, but also be mindful that a lot of these people, um, they will crash, you know, they will one day reach a day where they crashed and burn. And we see it all the time in the media, these stories about celebrities, politicians, people drunk on power. And one day it all comes crashing down. Oh, look, he's been cheating on his wife. Oh, look, turns out he's on drugs. Oh, look, they killed themselves. All of a sudden they're dead. It's like, what, what happened? happened they yeah. were drunk on power. You know, they weren't really living um, authentically them. They were running away from themselves, building up all of these defenses, building this empire, building this image to protect themselves from, um, people finding out the real them underneath all that is someone who actually deep, deep down feels completely powerless. So just surrendering to it, you know, just being real, like, Hey, you know, I, I love power, but it's also because deep down I feel powerless. And that's something that I'm working through and just putting it out there, releasing the shame and being real, um, will help you remain in a very grounded place as you step yeah. into your role as a healer. Yeah. I love that. You know, it, we're describing it from, I guess, from a shame perspective is, yeah, when you feel shameful, you feel powerless to get out of that shame-based state. And then you will do anything. I mean, you, you and I know both shame, but specifically sexual shame, you will do literally anything to get out of that because it's so painful. And power is a very potent drug. Heroin's a potent drug, codependency, all these, all these escapes. So to, to, to be able to, to sit with that shame and work through it. And, and I'll just point out as a parent, there's there, you get that trip because essentially uh, you are literally creating your child's psyche. You're downloading information, you're reflecting back your sense of self, and you basically are extremely powerful. So as a parent, you don't even have to be a spiritual guru or healer. As a, as a, just a regular parent, you are forced into this position where you need to develop a certain sense of self-awareness and humility so that you don't 
exploit that. And the way I see it is, is that it's, it, there's this narcissism is everywhere. And I do believe it's a spiritual problem because we are in essence drowning in shame. And as a result, we are, our spirits are suffering and we're trying to do whatever we could to, uh, to soothe. So, um, we become grandiose, we become over the top, we, we become shameless. So, um, yes. it, it all, it, it all kind of, kind of makes sense, you know? <laughs> right. I, I, I love that you're bringing that up, um, about becoming shameless because that also is what people don't see that this toxic shame does to people is it can, it can just whip them in the other direction. Like they're just, they're not ashamed of anything. They, they can't even, um, look at themselves, but, um, what you're talking about, like we collectively have it, you know, I think it's really important to start having that conversation. Um, and that's why I kind of chuckle when I bring this to a lot of successful entrepreneurs. They're like, what are you talking about? Shame. It's just like, dude, you are so unaware. You haven't even scratched the surface of who you are and why you're doing this. And that's so many Americans. And you and I have talked offline about this toxic shame. Like it's not just Shay and Yitz. It's like Shay and Yitz are just like aware of it and we're dealing with it. And, and there's a handful of us. It's not just you and I, thank God people are waking up. But this collective shame that we've been burying and we've been like afraid to look at and, and, and so feel felt so powerless to heal. Um, that's what's created a nation of very narcissistic people. And I want to get into this a little bit because I think people don't understand how this relates to um, Donald Trump. You know, like why, why was Donald Trump the most hated president and person? And like, like, can we like dive into that? Like, okay, I get it. Like he's an asshole and he, he, he's, he's vulgar and all these things, but it's like, what's really underneath that? Like, why did he trigger an entire nation? Like so much. And what I believe it, it was, is that he represents our shadow. No question. He represents our shame. If you actually look at the work that Donald Trump did as a president, he actually did like more of what he said he was going to do than like any other president, which actually, if you look at the ads, it's like, wait, he's actually like has a lot of integrity, but people aren't seeing that, right? People are just seeing the way he speaks to people, um, the way he, you know, demeans people and the way that he just has no shame, right? And it triggers them so much because what we haven't done in America is we haven't owned our shadow. We haven't owned our darkness. We have a nation of people who are just obsessed with looking good, obsessed with keeping up with the Joneses. As long as when we leave our front door, the neighbors think that we are primped and proper and put together. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And I don't even care how depressed my kids are. I don't even care how, how um, like abused and just miserable my children are. If they can make me as the parent look good, and if they can make our family unit look good, that is priority here in America. We need to start having a serious conversation about how prevalent that is in this country, how real it is. Because if you don't like Donald Trump, and if you are so ashamed that this was the guy representing this nation, you need to accept that you are part of him. You are part of that. People didn't want him representing us because he made us look bad without realizing, hey, you guys, guess what? That is us. That is us, that ugliness in Donald Trump, that nastiness, that, that shameless, that is us. He would have, have won the presidency and gotten into that position if that wasn't a part of us. And it's, it's time to start looking at that. It's time to stop um, rejecting and saying, oh, I'm nothing like Donald Trump. There's nothing in me that would ever, it's like, no, it is us. The only difference between him and other politicians is other politicians 
in a sense, were actually more narcissistic, covert narcissistic yeah. in that they they were taught how to hide it. Yes. They were taught how to be buttoned up, how to get on a podium and make everyone feel good so that all of the Americans could say, oh yeah, this Obama, I like this guy representing us because he makes us look good. He makes us look civil. He makes us look like, yeah, exactly. So that's, I mean, when you look at the policies between Obama and Trump, they're actually not that different. What's different is Trump... Um, didn't care about his image. He didn't care at all. He was like, look, this is me. What you see is what you get. And America hated it because yes. we've been so conditioned, so conditioned to hide that part of ourselves, to block out our shadow, block out our darkness. Um, and I think that's the perspective of Donald Trump. People aren't seeing people just want to go straight to, oh, you know, he's a dick and I'm nothing like him. It's like, there's a reason that he got into that position. And, and there's a, a whole conversation around him being our collective shadow that we don't want to look at. And that's really why he triggers people no so much. Yes. You know, I heard something a while back that those who um, voted for Hillary were, were um, in favor of a covert narcissist. And those were, who were uh, in favor of Trump were overt. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but yeah, very insightful. But here's the thing. People are a reflection if you don't like a reflection, it's still a reflection. And so therefore you're, you know, healing and you're not know this is that in order to heal, you have to be able to look inward and self-reflect, but sometimes you cannot see with what's inside of you because we hide it from ourselves. We're, we're amazing at doing it even without even realizing it. So if we don't like somebody, if we don't like a person, usually it's because they're showing us something about ourselves, Like you said, the shadow that we're not entertaining. So actually when our when we attract a narcissist, the reason why we hate that relationship that we keep, but we keep going going back to it is because we want to see that reflection healed. We don't want to see it shame, you know, the actual shame that we're that we have within. And that's why I tell anyone who's been a in a narcissistic relationship, what exactly are they telling you about yourself? Because the second you understand yourself and heal that within, they will literally disappear. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I have it happen all the time. You know, I was just at this mastermind retreat in Jamaica and like, it was, it's a pretty triggering group for me to be honest, because it's like 50 entrepreneurs and like six of them are women. So I'm like around successful men all the time. It's like my biggest like triggers, like right in front of me. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's go through this. Let's deal with this. But one of the guys in the group, um, just triggers me so much. Like I literally, I would go up to him and just be like, I hate you, you know, like, but it's, but it's, but, and, and, and we're cute. We have like a cute friendship. It's like a brother sister relationship, but we trigger each other. And we're also both aware of why we trigger each other. Cause this particular guy has a really traumatic past, really traumatic, past. different traumas from me, but like the same level of like, Whoa. And that's why we trigger one. Cause I, I see in him the parts of me that I still don't love. And, um, it was really cool. You know, I kept, I kept telling him throughout the weekend. I'm like, you know, I know I like tease you and I say things like, I hate you so much, but I just want you to know, like you are me, you are so much like me. And like, thank you for coming into my life and being this reflection because how much you trigger me has shown me how much of myself I still get to learn how to accept love and have compassion for. So yeah, you know, you, you hit the you hit the nail on the head, and uh, that's that's something that took a long time for me to get past. I think a lot of people just want to blame, just want to say, "Oh, my ex is a narcissist," and I'm just this is my favorite is, "Oh, I'm just an empath," like I'm just the victim, so empathic. It's like, dude, an empath is also a manipulator. Why? Because when you're constantly 
um, people pleasing and serving someone else, you are in, in essence manipulating them to feel a certain way about you. The reason that you are people pleasing is because you want to control how this person feels about you. So in essence, you are also manipulating. Same so hey, yeah, like own that part of yourself. And, and that's what I've, what I've been doing. And ever since, you know, the work I've done with you and other healers, I've really, um, grown to like when I'm triggered by someone and when I don't like them, I'm like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. teaching moment. What do I not like about myself here? What's really going on? Yeah. hundred percent. That's beautiful. Well, you may not call yourself a healer, but you're certainly an influencer. People are watching you. I know my audience is going to be listening to this episode and they're going to be thoroughly enjoying it because I am uh, very much so. So, you know, the way I see it is, is that that is how you heal. You influence, you just, you just heal yourself and people watch you and then you explain what works for you. And if it works for them, great. So I guess, no, thank you. Thank you for being an influencer and someone who you know, 600,000 followers. I don't know if I'll ever meet 600,000 people ever, but that's just so many people. And they're all watching you. They're like, wow, we are, we appreciate that you are being yourself. You're being authentic. Or even if you say things that they don't like, I think deep down they admire you. Um, so any last thoughts for our audience? Uh, you know, what could we tell them struggling with obviously being wounded and hurt and narcissistically abused? And you've been through so freaking much. What do you want to say as parting words to just, just help them out? Yeah, thank you. You know, the biggest thing um, that's helped me, a lot of my clients along their journey, putting themselves out there, sharing their story is just um, what you feel the most shame about is precisely what you need to share. I mean, it's it's really just that simple. When When you feel so ashamed of something and, and you're like, oh God, I would die before I share that. I mean, it's controlling you. It has power over you. If you can release that, put it out into the world, not only will you liberate yourself and is it more cathartic for you to start to get that weight off of you, you know, and just live a, a more authentic, more, more free life. But what you also do is you attract people who um, have great gratitude for that who are like, wow, finally someone admitting how I also feel, but I'm terrified to share. Um, if you are scared to release a piece of content, it means you should release it. You know, when you are making a video and you're not scared at all of what people are going to think of this, you're like, yeah, this is just like everyone, this isn't going to offend anyone and like bloop publish, no big deal. Um, it's probably not going to have as much of an impact. What is the most personal is actually the most general. So what we tend to think, oh God, I could never share that I'm so alone and so shameful is actually exactly what everyone is going through. And I think that's, you know, um, a lot of the work that I do, I, I do trigger a lot of people with my content. I do trigger people with the things that I share, but I've just learned over time um, through the positive reinforcement I get from people reaching out to me that the impact it has on people in a positive way to also feel inspired and safe to speak their truth far outweighs the people who are going to be triggered, who are going to project onto me. Oh, you're just attention seeking. You're just doing it. Like, why are you keep talking about your childhood? Like you're just attention seeking. It's like, dude, you're just projecting onto me because I want to deal with your childhood. So it triggers you that I'm talking about mine. That's all it is. You know, it's really all it is. Like if you've owned your childhood and you've gotten through stuff, even if I am being just completely shameful and ridiculous in like the ways I'm sharing my childhood, like it's really not going to bother you because you get it and you've been through it. Um, the haters say a lot more about themselves than they do about you. So 
just share, you know, just put yourself out there. I know it's scary, but you know, go toward what scares you. It's, it's really helped me a lot. I'm not a fearless person, despite what people think people think like, Oh my God, you're so fearless. And how do you do this without fear and without shame? The truth is I do have fear and shame. You know, I've just learned how to be comfortable with the discomfort and I have found that every time I break through that discomfort, I, my, my liberation meter goes up just a little bit. And I'm super grateful for that. So um, just building the muscle of feeling safe to release your shame, feeling safe to share your story. If you want help, if you need a community to, to walk you through it, that's also what I do. So feel free to reach out. I'd love to help you along your video, your content journey, sharing your story. Um, but at the end of the day, that is what I cannot stress enough. You are not alone. You are not crazy. You are not crazy. You live in a world that is severely mentally ill, severely dysfunctional, severely addicted, severely obese. I mean, look at the divorce rate. Look at the suicide rate. Look at um, just the state of overall happiness and fulfillment. If you feel crazy in a world that is calling you crazy when they are in actuality, literally crazy, like sick, mentally ill, dysfunctional. Um, it's probably just reassurance that you're not the crazy one and you live in a world that, that is very sick and you have a message that people need to, he need to hear to ultimately to shift this, to bring about healing. So when people tell me I'm crazy, like, oh, you don't fit in, you're just crazy. I say, oh, good. Like, I'm super happy to be crazy because, um, if, if, if I'm crazy and, and what's out in the world already is, is not crazy. Hey, you know, I think we could use a little switch. I think we could uh, shake it up a little bit. So you're not alone. You're not crazy. You're just healing. And the more that you talk about it and put yourself out there, um, the more it will wake more people up and we can start to reach critical mass with this awareness around, Hey, you know, we have a, a pretty big shadow, you know, as big as Donald Trump's ego, you know, yes. we have a pretty big shadow that we need to collectively work through. And the sooner we all just start embracing it and stop shaming one another, stop trying to control one another, um, the sooner we will actually arrive in that world where there's more peace, more fulfillment, and more children who actually grow up feeling safe to be who they truly are, um, that they are not shameful, that they do not have to build this false self these defenses, these masks, these addictions, just to cope. I mean, wouldn't that be great if we just lived in a world where children grew up feeling safe to be who they really are and um, parents had enough awareness and enough healing to not project their own shame and insecurities onto those kids who then just go on to repeat the pattern. So um, long, 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 short answer, but I would say just be yourself, you know, have trust that the right people will find you whatever you are feeling the most shame about is what is all the most control over you. So if you could talk about it, if you could get brave and let it out, I promise you, I know it's scary at first, but it really does bring about immense liberation and um, the life that you deserve and you've been looking for. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Shay. And uh, how, do, how do people reach you? I mean, obviously you're offered the boot camp. I believe you have that heal tribe. How could they reach you for healing? Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm actually doing um, a training this weekend when this episode might not be launched in time, right? Or when do you launch this? Uh, this week, a couple of days. Oh, in a couple of days. Okay. Well, if you're hearing this and it's um, still not uh, 10 a.m. EST on Saturday, August 14th, you can join my live training that I'm actually doing this weekend. I'm super excited. I'm doing a two 
uh, two-day virtual bootcamp intensive that I personally am going to be training live. So you can come ask me anything about video, how to make content. It's all about how to jumpstart content for your business, for your brand, to grow your following, to grow authority, um, and to just start speaking your truth and gain that confidence on camera that we all deserve. So if you'd like, reach out to Isabella at SheaRowBottom.com to reserve your spot, or just go to my website, www.SheaRowBottom.com. And there's a form there you can fill out to set up learn about my other programs. Um, I do also have a healing group as well, as it's mentioned there. Thank you. And as always, just go ahead and follow me on social media at shame um, for free content and free tips around shame, healing from a childhood and also marketing like a boss. So uh, that's it. Well, thank you one last time, Shay. It's such an honor to have you and I'll see you in two years. <laughs> no, come to Miami. Let's let's yes, hang out sure. sooner than later. But yes, thank you, Yitz. And um, it's just a pleasure knowing you, working with you. I appreciate the work that you're doing so much. Yeah, thank you so much for those kind words. And thank you all so very much for joining us for today's episode. Until next time, all the very best.